Welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. I am so happy you're here. If you want to create a beautiful home that isn't cookie cutter or a trendy copy of someone else's, you're in the right place. And if you don't want to hurt your wallet or the planet to get one of those dream homes. And you can get started with my brand new quiz called Fix My Room. It's actually more of an assessment tool, but the word quiz, I think, sounds better because it's it's really easy to do. Just answer 20 multiple choice questions and you'll be pinpointing why your room isn't working, why it feels off, and why maybe your previous efforts haven't really panned out. Or maybe you're fairly happy with your room, but you want to make sure that your design choices are going in the right direction. Visit our website at slowstylehome.com and click on the quiz button right at the top. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later in the show. Now, let's dig into this week's episode. In this episode, I have a delightful conversation with designer Chad Gracie. We discuss defining personal style, blending different styles, and the importance of balance in design. Chad shares his eclectic approach, which has been largely influenced by travel and a mix of old and new elements. We explore merging styles and the importance of investing in quality pieces. We even touch on the big impact of tiny design rules like the significance of lighting and just paying attention to lampshades. Lastly, we talk about his exciting connectivity that he's experienced through platforms like Instagram, even though you know that I, I'm not always a big fan of Instagram. He's got a good point when he brings up how it has drawn people closer together, especially in the design world. Okay, let's hear what he has to say. This is Chad. Chad Gracie, welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. One of the things that uh, we talk about a lot is trying to define your style. And because you're wonderful at mixing things together, mixing styles together. I'm curious, as how would you describe your style? Maybe hearing from how designers talk about their own style is sometimes really helpful. You know, I'm glad you asked that. I really feel like my style is a culmination of experiences, travel, being hyper in tune to what my grandmother had in her house, what yeah. my parents are doing decorating wise. And then, so I think it's sort of, ended up being this feeling of classic surroundings that feel really collected and thoughtfully put together. Mm. Um, Sort of with, I guess, sort of an eclectic mix of things. I definitely take a lot of experiences that I have and apply them to what I'm doing for clients. Places I've been, things I've bought, you know, hauled you know so many things back and carry on luggage from global <laughs> destinations and yes um, I can relate to that I like the leg of an African stool or sort of four colors and a piece of fabric from Guatemala you know it's just <laughs> really yes. like it's 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 very a classical foundation because of my education in right. school and my work experience paired with sort of 
um, like you said, the mix of old and new. Right. And so how do you how do you do that? How do you know when it's working? And are there times when it just doesn't it it actually just clashes and doesn't really work? How do you know? I think it goes back to maybe scale and appropriateness mm. and texture. Some things aren't friends, as you know, in, right. in the decorating world. And I think it's just sometimes it's trial and error, but most of the times I just kind of see it and it sort of clicks for me. I can't really describe it other than like, oh, okay, that's right. That feels right. <laughs> it's so hard to it, describe. Yeah. It's very hard to describe. Do you think it's opposites attract or are you looking for a, some kind of similarity across genres or across eras that ties something together? It's not really opposites attract. I think it's just a balancing act, really. Okay. It's a balancing act. And I think it does go back to scale a lot of times. Okay. Um, and whether there's some thread, like you were saying, that connects these two different pieces, you know, I think that maybe a Biedemeyer piece is really good mixed in with some sort of like industrial light fixture or mm. something about those two things have a an unobvious commonality maybe to me. Right. Well, you, I love how you said sometimes some things are not friends. <laughs> and I I love that because it's like I talk a lot about things having conversations with each other, you know. So so if you're talking about an industrial light fixture, let's say with the Biedermeyer buffet or something, you know, the 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 ways in which they talk to each other, they they have they bring two different feelings or experiences to a room, I guess. And so when they when they're together, that that creates a something completely new and different. It does. It's sort of a tension, maybe, but a complementary tension. Like, I'm not sure if I'd put a factory pendant with a Louis XVI canapé. I don't know. Don't, something about that combo just feels innately wrong. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Well, yeah. like, like I'm looking right now at this, at this dining room from the Creole townhouse, and you've got what looks to be a lacquered, very old hutch that is probably from japan i'm gonna guess you've but then you've got lucite dining room chairs with tiger print uh, cushions and then this very traditional wood table and it's fantastic it's just such a great combination well thank you and i i do love that entire project i'm glad you like it too those the inspiration for that project really probably led to a lot of those choices. It was a couple from Dallas that bought this as sort of a, a fun New Orleans kind of party house. And they were big LSU fans and they were there for <laughs> Mardi Gras. So all that kind of <laughs> information led us to having sort of a whimsical mix of, of all of those items. So I think the, you know, the scale and the uniqueness of that, of that Chinese cabinet really worked functionally for extra storage in a very tiny Creole townhouse. And the acrylic chairs really didn't take up a lot of visual space, but they were sort of architectural and sculptural in a way. And then honestly, the tiger came from it's that scalamandre tiger that everybody mm. loves or, is it, mm. or the schumacher one i can't remember now okay 
but there's also an Oriental rug on the or Chinese Art Deco rug on the floor to kind of bring all of those things together. So mm-hmm. it has the golds and the purples in it. So it kind of it just sort of each choice like built on the next thing, really. Right, right. And that's how that came together. Yeah. And I love the shape of the chair. It kind of wraps around the oval table really complements that so nicely as well. And of course the curtains are, you know, these, I don't know, they look like Dupani silk or something. They're, they're also, it's just, I just love this place. I, I, every time I look at this one, I'm like, I, this is the house I want to live in. This is my house. (laughs) Your New Orleans party house. My New Orleans party house. Exactly. Who everyone (laughs) needs one. Uh, Yeah. So, so let's get back to you a little bit and, and your style. What, what's something that, you really feel like personifies who you are in your home, either an object or an entire room to try to help us understand how to, and the importance of being so specific to one's personality so that it doesn't feel generic. Well, I think in my own home, we have a lot of things going on there right now. My partner and I, recently moved in together into an 1857 a greek revival house in a historic neighborhood in new orleans and so we're currently merging our styles and doing a renovation at the same time so this question really made me think a lot about what's going on (laughs) with my own style yeah home and pushing my boundaries of style i mean when I lived alone, it was very studied and like very deliberate, my previous home. And now Colin comes in and everything's, you know, got a Suzani on it or it's an animal print or it's some sort of Art Nouveau thing. So I think it's pushing the boundaries of my personal style and that I love all of those things, but maybe my style needed sort of this boho mix up. Yeah. So that's kind of where we are now. Like I'm always evolving and I'm open to this and I'm excited by these other textures and elements and not precious, not as precious moments being mixed into like, you know, six Rajanch chairs (laughs) and, you know, this great high style, like 70s mirror that I have. So really, it's, it's truly about a mix. And I do think that that sort of also spills over into, I guess, the way I, I wear clothes as well. Okay. Um, you know, it's like very like, cl- I, I like classic forms, but then I like a weird belt or like a vintage <laughs> right. something. So it's kind of, it all kind of blends together. Well, I love this idea of of merging two styles together. And it sounds like your partner has his own distinct style. So, which helps. Well, sometimes I think that helps because at least you're both really passionate about it and you have you have some, you have points of view that then can maybe blend in a way that creates something completely new. Whereas I think sometimes it's harder if your partner doesn't, doesn't live visually. And then, then, you know, then it becomes all one person's home and the other person like sort of doesn't show up at all. I don't know if you have clients like that. Yeah, go ahead. It was that was it was very important to me that his things that he loved had a home. Yeah. I can imagine it being very difficult to move in with an interior decorator. Yes, I mean, because we have everything already, you know. Right, right. So it was super important for his items to feel at home with my items and 
And, you know, even though, you know, he sold his house, I sold mine, we have this one now, it's still, it's probably very easy for me to control yeah. the visual narrative of this. And so I'm really like letting myself go on, on that and trying to be more open to colors and textures and fabrics and styles that normally I wouldn't gravitate towards. Oh, I love it. I love that openness. And I think that's what makes it work, right? Because I think otherwise you're going to be constantly fighting. And so I think that we're all trying to avoid that in our homes. <laughs> Definitely. I'm surprising myself. I'm like, okay, you're right. That really uh, does look good with that, you know? So. I love it. I love it. So what about how we how we choose to spend our money, you know, when to spend, when to splurge, when to save other, other things that you have bought along the way, or maybe you bought for a client where you're like, this is where we're putting the money as opposed to this other place. For clients, I really am clear about a couple of things in the beginning with budget and where to allocate funds and where to get the most impact for the money that you're spending. And I always say, look, you know, stone, tile, plumbing fixtures, you have to do that. Don't even consider it as part of your decorating budget. Okay. In your mind, you need to compartmentalize that with a construction budget because otherwise mm. you're going to get hung up on how much money you're spending on plumbing fixtures, how much money you're spending on tile. And it really is going to sort of chip away at what you feel you need to spend to live in this home comfortably. So you have to remove that factor. Okay. To be good All right. At. That's helpful. And I think that, you know, I would suggest you spend money on the things that you never want to change. I mean, you spend money on good upholstery, you spend money on quality rugs, and you spend money on window treatments. Those mm. are the things that mm. are going to last you, you know, 20 years if you take care of them. I just feel like those three things are what you need to invest in. And it's going to create an envelope that you can build on for years to come. Mm. And how, what if the client says, but I don't know if I'm going to love it forever. I feel like a lot of people are afraid to then take that plunge because they, I don't know, it's like they either don't know what they love or there's something about that that idea of it lasting forever that sometimes scares people. Like on the one hand, they want the quality to last forever, but then they may be afraid to go for the bold pattern or the trim or the color or whatever, because they're thinking, well, what if I get tired of it in a year? Well, I think as long as the frame of the sofa is a great frame, it doesn't matter. You can, 10 years, yeah, you want to reupholster it, reupholster it. That's sort yeah. of like investing in like a car, you know, you're just like keeping up your your items, you know, and I definitely think that another good investment, I mean, are antiques, like good antique pieces, you know, just, I just, I'm so wary of these high ticket items from big box retailers. I just don't think that they hold value mm. or stand the test of time or can deal with daily, day-to-day -day wear and tear. Why yeah. is like a beautiful 18th century commode it's already been through it all you know that's right you it's seen it to, all <laughs> you have to just get a great one and you just have to take care of it and if it gets a ding or a nick or a scratch it's part of the patina of time it's going to hold up better than some sort of you know west elm dresser you know right 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 
So, so this is kind of getting to the design rules of thumb that you may or may not abide by. Every house is different. Every situation is different. Every family's needs are different. But are there things that, you know, if you could tell somebody just, just at least do these two or three things and you won't go wrong. Do you have anything like that? I do. I mean, they may seem like not really major, but they're so important. Lighting is so crucial, especially nowadays when, you know, all the builders are trying to force these these cold LED lights upon us. I just feel like, you know, pay attention to what you're getting, sort of the warmth and the uh, and the color of the light you're surrounding yourself with. It can you can have the most beautifully done interior, but if you put the wrong lighting, the wrong, wrong lighting color and warmth in there, it's going to suck the life out of whatever you've done. Yes. Um, so I think warm lighting, remember dimmers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're a lifesaver. Yeah. And don't skimp on lampshades. Mm. You know, a lampshade is one of the most obvious things that can make or break a room, in my opinion. I mean, okay. just pay attention to those details. And final question, what is exciting you right now about the design world, either personally or just, you know, more bigger picture? What's going on right now that you're like, oh, thank God we're finally doing this thing? Well, I think it's a great time to be a designer in in many aspects. I mean, of course, aside from my own home, which I am very excited about. Yeah. um, I'm really excited about the connectivity that platforms like Instagram have brought to us. I mean, I love being able to shop the world on a Saturday morning (laughs) from my phone, connect with dealers, designers from across the globe that I probably wouldn't have ever known about before. And I do think that, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like the design community is so much closer and more tight knit because of this, because I have, you know, Instagram messages with decorators that I've never met before that we're just, you know, communicating about projects or styles or antiques dealers in this city. I'm going, you know, it just really has opened up, I think, a lot of possibilities. That's so good to hear because I think there's a lot of put, you know, there's a lot of stuff on social media that has also made it hard for people to kind of, I don't know, there's a lot of um, commercialization that's happened, I guess. So, or the push for the big box store or the fast trend or whatever, but you make such a great point about connectivity and also about being able to kind of have access to the world and honestly, that's what I love about this podcast. I would have never met you. Every guest I've ever interviewed, I would have never met if I wasn't doing this. And, you know, most of these people I never meet in person, but I feel like, oh, we just had this fabulous conversation about design. So yeah, I agree with you. I love that. And, you know, I try to, there are drawbacks, of course, to the level of information that's out there about our business. So I think all we can do is, pull the best mm. of that experience from it and, mm-hmm. and, and roll with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Chad, thank you so much for this conversation and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you. Thank you. So lovely chatting with you. I'm so glad this worked out. 
thanks so much for listening. I know your time is valuable, and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air, and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day, and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now.